who made a decision last night for the, I mean, you've never given Jesus Christ your life, but you gave your life to Jesus Christ last night. Just raise your hand if that's one of you that did that. Again, man, yeah, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate that because these songs that you sang this morning, I remember when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I actually started singing praise songs. I was actually in my car driving when I was a freshman in college when I gave my life to Jesus. And uh, and I began to sing some songs that I've always sung before because I grew up in the church. But I knew for the first time I actually meant it. I knew for the first time I actually meant really meant what I was singing. And maybe some of you kind of experienced that this morning. I remember the first song, I am a child of God. And for some of us before this morning, before last night, you were not a child of God. And today you actually could mean it. That's amazing. That's amazing. So for all of you who gave your life to Jesus Christ, maybe for all of us who have given our lives to Jesus Christ at some point or another, whether it was last night or whether it was some other time, the question that I thought, hey, what do we talk about next? It's probably a question that I had right away when I gave Jesus my life when I was a freshman in college. And I go, okay, here it is. And I started wondering, what is he going to do with it? You ever wonder that? Like, what? Okay, what What now? Like, okay, I gave him my life. Oh, oh what's now? What do we do? What, what's go, what happens next? And I can tell you this. God does have a plan for you. For all of us, there might be some really specific things that's different for you than somebody else. But I will tell you this. There is a plan for every single one of us that's the same for all of us, too. And it's actually more important and more deeper than any other plan that God has for you. Even more important than where you're going to end up living, what job you're going to end up having, who you might end up being with for the rest of your life, what you end up doing. You know, even in ministry, there's something that is way more important than any of those things. That's God's plan for all of us. And I'm just going to tell you, write this down. If you're writing notes, write down Romans 8, 28, and 29. Romans 8, 28 is a, a verse that a lot of people know. And they go, and it goes something like this. Um, for God, God will use everything in your life for the good, for all those who love him. He will work everything out for the good for that person. A lot of people end at verse 28. They go, oh, okay, so God is going to make everything in my life work out for the good, everything is going to work out. And we start thinking about how things around us in our relationships at home or something else in our future is all going to work out. And that's not what God is talking about at all. He's talking about something working out inside of you, not outside of you. Because the next verse, verse 29, he says what the good is. He says, because all those who have a relationship with him, he has predetermined to conform you, to mold you, to shape you to become like his son, Jesus Christ. God uses everything in your life. God has a plan to use everything in your life in order to make you become more like his son, Jesus Christ. You're a child of God. He wants you to become like the child of God, Jesus Christ, as a fellow child of God. So he's going to use everything to help mold you to become more like the character of Jesus. You know, be, to, be, to make you become more loving like Jesus is loving, to be patient like Jesus is patient, to be obedient to the Father like Jesus is obedient to the Father. He is doing everything to mold you to become more and more like Jesus Christ. That's the plan. That's a pretty big plan, isn't it? 
Because some of us were going, my life doesn't look like Jesus Christ at all. Or sometimes, but not very much. How in the world is he going to do this? And God hasn't just left us alone. He's given us an incredible power, a higher power that can make us become more like Jesus Christ. He's given it to us. He's given him to us, I should say, in order to make us become like Jesus Christ. And you guys, because we can't do it on our own. And the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that everybody who belongs to Jesus Christ has the spirit of God living inside of him. All of you that decided to follow Jesus last night, something happened. You became a temple of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit lives in you. He resides, he abides in you. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit, God's Spirit himself, is inside of you. And he will never leave you. He will always be with you. And you are, we already talked about the power of God. Do you understand the power that's within you? It's not your power. It's his. But there is this powerful God who lives inside of you. And I just want to, if you're going, well, what does that look like? Because I, when I was told that, I thought, well, man, I don't know. Is he really inside of me? I, I don't feel anything. I don't know. Well, like, I don't, what do you mean this power that we have inside of us? What is he doing? What's the Holy Spirit doing in order to make us become more like Jesus Christ? And you guys, I want to look at John chapter 14, 15, and 16. So just turn to John. And we'll start with chapter 14. We're going to look at a few places in this. In John chapter 14, 15, and 16, just to let you know as you're turning there, this is the night before Jesus goes to the cross. He's about to leave his disciples. And he's telling his disciples, I've got to go. I have to leave. He knows he's going to the cross. The disciples don't get it yet. But he says, I have to leave. And all they're hearing is, he's leaving? Doesn't he care? Like, he's, are we just going to be left alone? What's happening? And he spends a lot of that night with his disciples, telling them that they're not going to be alone. And actually even telling them it's actually better for them that he actually physically leaves. Because when he physically leaves, there's going to be the Holy Spirit who comes and lives within every single one of them. Which is way better. One Jesus outside of us or Jesus inside of all of us? What's better? Jesus inside of all of us is way better than just one Jesus outside. And Jesus says, I'm going to leave. I've been with you, but there's going to be, I'm going to come and be with all of you 100% of the time, all the time through my spirit. So that's what he's telling him. And they're like, what is going on? Like, they don't understand it yet, but this is what he tells them. Look at chapter 14, John chapter 14. And he says in verse 16, I will ask the father, and he will give you another advocate. Somebody that's like me. He goes, I've been with you. I've been your comforter. I've been your advocate. I've been the person that's helping you. He says, there's going to be another helper that comes. He says, to help you and be with you forever. Like, I'm leaving, but you know what? But there's going to be something better that's happening. My Holy Spirit is going to come and be with you forever. And then he says, he calls him in verse 17, what? The spirit of truth. The spirit of truth is going to come and be with you forever and help you. And then he says this, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. In other words, people that aren't followers of Jesus Christ, they do not have the spirit of God living in them. They don't know Jesus Christ like you do now. He says, but 
You know him, for he lives with you and will be what? In you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. You're not going to be just left like kids without somebody to help. I Don't worry. I'm leaving physically, but I'm going to come back spiritually and live inside of every single one of you. And that's what happened. For some of you last night, that's exactly what happened. Maybe you didn't feel it. Maybe you're like, I didn't even know that. It happened. So some of us, maybe for like me, I, I always thought like, man, but <laughs> how do I know that? Like, how do I, like, what has the spirit ever done? You know, and the spirit does do many things in our lives, but he keeps on talking to them and he tells them some of the things that the Holy Spirit is going to do that, you know, the Holy Spirit is working in your lives. Let's just see if this is what's happened with you. Go down to verse 26. And he says, but the advocate, actually that's verse 25. He says, all this I have spoken while still with you. In other words, Jesus is saying, I've told you guys a lot of truth. I've told you guys a lot of things about how to live and everything else. And they're thinking, yeah, and now you're going to go. And who's going to tell us? Who's going to remind us about everything? And he says, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Look what it says. One, just, just one thing that the Holy Spirit does. Will teach you all things. And will remind you of everything I have said to you. One thing the Holy Spirit does in our lives in order to help us become more and more like Jesus is he inside of you, in your head, in your conscience, actually speaks through your own mind, in your own conscience, and reminds you of truths that Jesus has taught you. Have you ever read something in God's word and later on in the day or later on in the week or something happens and it comes back in your head. Has that ever happened to you? Ever? Ever read something and then later on it, you just remember it and you actually remember it because you're facing something that you need to actually like, oh yeah, I love my enemies. Why is that in my head right now? Because your enemy is like right there. And you're like, what am I supposed to do with this person? And something happens, something inside you goes, love your enemies. And some of us go, oh, that's stupid. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to hit my enemy. That's what I'm going to do. So we can either obey that voice or not, right? But that voice is there, isn't it? We think it's our conscience. It's not. Some of us think we have a really good memory. That's why we remember these truths that we have read in God's word later on in our life, or maybe when we're going through the day. That is not true. You're giving yourself, I'm giving myself way more credit than I deserve. I, that is not you. You thought it was. That's the Holy Spirit miraculously putting that thought in your head. Has that ever happened to you? And if it has, I want you to know right now, maybe even right now silently go, Thank you, Holy Spirit. You've never thanked him before. You thought it was just you. And when it happens again, when you read something in God's word and then you remember it and like and you're facing something in your life and you know how you're supposed to be, be responding with it because you know what God's word says about it, in that moment, thank the Holy Spirit because he's bringing it to your mind. And maybe even just wait a minute and say, hold it. I'm just not going against my thought here I, if I don't do, if I don't do it, like, oh, I'm supposed to do this, whatever. I, oh, I don't care. Remember who you're saying no to. 
You're not saying no to your own memory and your own thoughts. Who are you saying no to? The Holy Spirit. So God just wants us to say yes to him. Okay, this sounds crazy, but I know this is from God's word. I remember that. You brought it to my mind. I know you're bringing it to my mind for a reason here. Maybe I need to act on it because I'm going to trust you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. Isn't that crazy? When I read that, I thought, oh, oh good. The Holy Spirit is doing something in my life. Because you don't remember anything without the Holy Spirit. Anything that's true, anything that's biblical, anything that's from God's word. You don't remember any of it unless the Holy Spirit reminds you. Because we just are not wired to remember it. But the Holy Spirit has done that. Look at, look at this. In verse chapter 15, verse 26, he talks about the Holy Spirit again. He goes, when the advocate comes, that's the Holy Spirit. Look at chapter 20, or chapter 15, verse 26. Whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you must also testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. If you have ever, ever been able to share a message of Jesus Christ with somebody else, it's the Holy Spirit doing that through you. Let's go on. Chapter 16. Look at this. Verse 7. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. What Jesus is saying is, is he say, what we already just said. It is way better that I'm not just here in person. It's actually better that I'm leaving you guys, he's telling them. And they're thinking, what? How could that be better? And he's saying, because the Holy Spirit will come and live inside of every single one of you. And that's way better than just one Jesus outside of you. It's way better that Jesus lives inside of every single one of you. And then he says this. Look what it says in verse 8. When he comes, he will prove the world or convict to, to the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. He convicts people about sin and righteousness and judgment. Last night, this is incredible. You guys are going to know that the Holy Spirit worked in your life last night if any of you were ever have been convicted about sin in your life has that ever happened about righteousness oh this is the right way to live about judgment oh man this is god's wrath is on me he's talking about the world especially those people who have not decided to follow jesus and something happened last night inside of you guys i know that you guys that stood up something happened inside your head you went this is true. I am a slave of sin. I understand now. My eyes have been opened. I see the problem of sin in my life. And I see God's judgment that's on me if I stay in the sin. And I also see where righteousness comes from. It's from giving my life to Jesus Christ. Did something like that happen inside of you last night? And I've got to give my life to Jesus Christ. Do you know who was doing that in your life? Who was convincing you of that truth? The Holy Spirit. Every single person that stood up last night, you stood up because you decided to say yes to the Holy Spirit speaking inside of you. You did not understand those truths because I'm a good speaker. You think that might be, oh, PJ, man, he just explained it so well and I finally understood it. That is not why you understood it. It is, wasn't because of me at all. It's because the Holy Spirit used whatever I said to convince you of the truth. 
Wow. How many of you guys see that the Holy Spirit really is working in your life? He is. He's with you. He's going to convince you what's true. He's going to convince you what's wrong. He's going to remind you of the truth. He's going to do all of that. And then he says this in verse 12 of chapter 16. I have much more to say to you guys. Remember, this is Jesus before he goes to heaven. He goes, I have a lot more I can say to you guys, more than you can now bear. He goes, but you won't understand it right now. But he says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. If you have ever, ever had, you ever heard something you know, that's truth about God or truth about life or whatever else, and like the little light bulb in your head goes off and you go, oh, I finally get it. Has that ever happened to you? Oh, I finally got, oh, now I understand this truth. It's a biblical truth, the truth about God. Wow, I never thought about that before, but now I get that God is whatever. God, oh, wow, I'm understanding more about the power of God, about how his love and about how he works in my life. Has that ever happened to you? Will you just understand a little bit more? That is not because you are smart. That's not because you finally figured it out. It's because the Holy Spirit turned on a light bulb and said, this is the truth. Because you're ready for it now. And then the next, at some other point in your life, he's going to turn on another light bulb and another one. And another one, he's going to continue to guide you into all the truth. That's the Holy Spirit working in your life, you guys. The Holy Spirit works in our lives. I just think we just kind of took credit for it ourselves. Or gave somebody else a credit for it. Oh, PJ up a stage. Oh, he helped me understand. I didn't help you understand. The Holy Spirit did. He might use people. But the Holy Spirit did that. Guys, this is incredible. The Holy Spirit is inside of you in order to help you become more like Jesus. The thing is that we just need to continue to listen to him and not ignore him when he reminds us of the truth. There's something else that the Bible says, and it says this in John chapter 15, at the middle of Jesus saying, hey, I'm going to be inside of you. I want you to do something too. I want you to make the decision to not only remember that I'm abiding inside of you. Abiding means to make your abode, to make your home in you. He goes, I, the Holy Spirit, my spirit is not, not only in you, but I want you to abide in me. You guys know what the verse is for today? Let's look at it. Let's look at it. In, ver, in chapter 15, Jesus actually begins. He says, hey, I'm going to show you like a picture. I want you to understand this like in a picture. Sometimes we get illustrations that are better for us. He says, I'm the true vine and my father is the gardener. So there's this, and they're probably, he's probably walking with his disciples, maybe even looking at a grapevine. There's a lot of grapevines and stuff, grape orchards, those kind of things in that time where Jesus was with his disciples. And maybe he's even pointing to him and he goes, hey, you see that grapevine there that's producing grapes? Look, picture it like this. I'm the vine. I'm that, that vine, that big vine that's coming out of the earth and all the branches are coming out from that vine. Just imagine me, I'm the vine. And then he says in verse five, what you guys read, I am the vine. Now who's the branches? You guys, you guys are the branches on this vine. And he says, if you abide in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Look at verse 4 right before that. He says, if you abide in me. He, he gives a command. He says, do this. Abide in me as I abide in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. Isn't that true? No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. It's got to abide in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain or you abide in me. And I got this over here. 
branch. I just took this branch off of its, its trunk. Now, in this case, it's not a vine. It's a tree. I just took it off of the trunk. What eventually is going to happen to this branch? It's going to die because it's not connected to what? It's not connected to the, yeah, it's not connected to the trunk. Because the trunk is what gives us life. And Jesus just said, you guys all know this. He's just like the people who know about grapevines. He just, you know this. He knows that, hey, you know what? If, if, you're, if you're a branch and I'm the vine, you have to remain in me. You have to abide. You have to stay connected to. Let's say this is the this is a trunk. This branch has to stay connected to the to the to the trunk in order to survive and in order to 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 continue to thrive. And if it's a fruit tree, in order for this this branch to produce fruit, what does it have to do? It's got to stay connected so that everything that's in this trunk can go into it to make and to produce the fruit. But its job, its job, if you said, hey, what's the job of this branch? Its only job is to stay connected to the trunk. Now, I just ruined it for this branch. Sorry, branch. But there are a lot of us that are like this branch. We are trying really hard. We're trying really hard to live out the life that God has called us to live. And we're trying to do it on our own. And we think, we're, hey, I'm just going to do this for God. I'm going to do this for God. And God's going, what are you doing? You, you can't produce fruit on your own. You, you can't do it on your own. You're going to be like a branch that's just going to die and it's not good for anything if you try to keep doing life on your own. And that's even for a follower of Jesus. Sometimes even as a follower of Jesus, we try to just keep doing life on our own. He says, man, what you need to do, this is it. I'm abiding in you. I'm going to do my job. Will you decide to abide in me? Will you decide to stay connected to me? That's the secret of the Christian life. Now get this. He says, if you abide in me, you will bear fruit. What's the fruit? That's the only thing that's not said here. Jesus is the vine. We're the branches. What's the fruit? You guys, grapes. That's right. Yeah. Uh, okay. But get this. Okay. But I, I'm going to go off of that actually. Because I, I, Jesus doesn't have to say what the fruit is because for these disciples or for anybody who knows about grapevines, they know what it is. They just know. And here's the principle that you need to know, and let's just see how we go. What does a grapevine produce? You already said it. What? Grapes. What does an apple tree produce? Apples. Oh, you guys are so good. So you know farming. And then suddenly we get stuck on this. What does a Jesus vine, because Jesus is the vine. It's not a grapevine. It's a Jesus vine. What does Jesus vines produce Jesus. Jesus's they produce Jesus the fruit that grows on you the fruit that's produced that starts coming out of me if I was actually like a brain and you see fruit on here and you go you can actually tell what kind of tree it is by just seeing the fruit that's growing from the branch that's got to be an apple tree well how do you know maybe that trunk really isn't well I know it's an apple tree well how do you know because there's apples growing from it dork 
that's a grapevine. How do you know it's a grapevine? I mean, how do you know? Maybe it's some other kind of, because there's grapes growing from it. A Jesus vine produces the life of Jesus so that as you continue to remain in him, and then he even says he prunes you. He actually prunes some things off of you that kind of hurts. Ow! Because this, he goes, this isn't going to produce my life at all. This is something in your life that, it's not good. I'm taking that out. So that the rest of your life can continue to produce more and more fruit. And after a while, this thing, as it grows and matures, it'll have more and more fruit on it until all you see is just fruit. I mean, it's hard to even see the branch if it's a really good producing branch. That's what God's plan is for you. Right now, there's just, as you remain in Jesus, you're, you're like, oh, look, there's this little teeny fruit. Boop. Oh, that part of my life looks like Jesus, but you've got a lot of other parts that maybe don't yet. Be patient. Be patient with yourself. Because you stay connected to Jesus, more and more fruit will come out of you more and more parts of your life will begin to look like and act like Jesus. Until somebody who's with you, it'll be like they're with Jesus with the way that you act. Isn't that incredible? That's the plan. But some of us, we're trying to act like Jesus and we're not staying connected to Jesus and it'll never work. Some of us think that the Christian life is for me to try to become like Jesus. Like telling this branch, please produce fruit. And the branch is going, I can't. It's actually the trunk that produces fruit through me as I just stay connected to it. You guys, that's what we need to do. If you look in this passage, you guys, there's never a command to produce fruit. Never. There's never a command, hey, and then, hey, try to become more like me. Try to become more like me. He just says, stay connected to me, and you will produce fruit, and your life will change. I'm going to stay in you, my Holy Spirit staying in you. How about you stay connected to him, to connect it to me? Don't ignore me. Don't ignore what I'm doing in your life, and let me work in your life. So how do we stay connected to him? How do we abide in Jesus, make him our home, continue with a relationship with him? How do we do that? Guys, there's some simple things I'm just going to say. What do you do? And maybe it's just asking a question. How do you maintain and grow in a relationship with anybody? You spend time with them, right? You spend time with them. You talk to them, and you listen to them. That's really how you get to know somebody more and more, isn't it? It's the same with him. Spend time with Jesus Christ. Talk with him. Spend time, not just praying before a meal, but have a life of prayer. Develop a life of prayer where you're talking with Jesus as you're just going through your day. Just like you would with anybody else that you want to make sure just you get to get to know. And don't, it's not just, look, if you have a friend that all you do is ask them to give you everything, that's not a very good friendship. It's just, it's telling them who they are to you. 
It's praising Jesus. It's it's taking some time, taking a walk, and just going, Jesus, I want to remember who you are. And this man, you created all this stuff, and you're so powerful, and you're so loving, and you're so gracious, and you're got it's praising him. It's not just going to him and asking him for something. And it's telling him the deep, 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 the deep things in your life. The deep things in your life. So you have that honest and open relationship with him. Spend time talking with him throughout the day. Guys, I, I'm going through the day and I just, there, I, there's a constant thing. It's not, it, it just over and over again as I'm just kind of taking a walk or I'm talking to somebody, hey, Jesus, what do you want? Like, how do you want me to be right now? Hey, Jesus, I'm just talking with him. Hey, you see that? That was incredible that that happened. Oh, God, thank you for that. Just talk with him. And then listen to him. Listen to him. He says in this passage, if you abide in me and allow my word to abide in you. And remember, the Holy Spirit brings to your mind the things that Jesus has told you. Well, he can't bring anything to your mind unless you put it there by reading his word. He can't remind you of something that you've read if you haven't read it. So take some time and say, Jesus, I want to listen from you. And he wrote you a letter like you would get a letter from a friend telling you more about themselves. Jesus wrote you a letter. It's the Bible. And you can find out more and more about him. And just listen to him as you read his word. And then I would say this. Hang out with other people who also are trying to abide in Jesus Christ. And learn from each other. Abide in Jesus together, reminding each other, helping each other to stay in relationship with Jesus Christ because it's all about a relationship. I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. The Christian life, I just want to write this down, the Christian life. Because you go, what's, about, what's the Christian life? And I want you to just think about this as you even go into your, your so what time, maybe with, with your cabin. The Christian life is not about following rules. Some of us think it is. The Christian life is, hey, I got to know all God's commandments and try to follow them. That's not the Christian life. Now, as I grow in my relationship with Jesus Christ, will I want to obey him? Yes, but it's a result. It's a result of the Christian life. It's not what makes the Christian life. The Christian life is not about following rules. You know what's about? Then write this. It's about a relationship. This life is not about rules. It's about a relationship. Under that, write down this. It's not about trying harder. It's not about trying harder. I think some of us in our Christian life, we are so tired because we try so hard to become like Jesus. We try really hard to produce fruit. We try and we try and we try. We're like this branch. Come on, come on. And we get so frustrated because our lives don't change, because our lives just keep on going back to the same things that aren't about that aren't like Jesus Christ at all. And we're trying, and then we think, okay, I'm just not trying hard enough. Let me try even harder. And Jesus would say, it's not about trying harder. Do you know what it's about? It's about trusting him more. Write that down. It's not about trying harder. It's about trusting more. It's not about rules. It's about a relationship. And get this. Write this down. 
Christian life is not about doing things for God. It's not, the Christian life is not, it actually is not about doing things for God. Some of us think that's what the Christian life is. I need to do a bunch of things for God. And we have a great heart about it because we want to pay God back for what he's done for us. You can't do that anyway. But we kind of want to do that. We want to, hey, I appreciate it. So I'm going, to tr- I'm going to do things for God. You guys, it's not about doing things for God. You know what it's about? Write this down. It's about God doing things through us. It's about God, Jesus Christ, producing, for, doing things through us as we just abide in him. As we just continue to maintain and grow in our relationship with him. It's amazing, you guys, as you keep growing in your relationship by praying, by listening to him, by being around other people who also are trying to abide in Christ together. It's amazing how your life will change. You will see your life becoming more like Jesus as you just listen to his Holy Spirit. As you abide in him and listen to him and you understand his voice and you don't ignore him and you just and you continue to have a relationship with him and you continue to grow in your love for him because when you love somebody, it changes everything. And as you do that, it's amazing what you'll see what God will do through you. That's the Christian life, you guys. I did not understand that for a long time and I'm still, still learning that. I hope you guys can too. Can I pray for you guys? They have a great girl. So what time? God, I thank you for our time this morning to be able to see the power of the Holy Spirit within us and the power of us abiding in you. And that the Christian life is powerless without a relationship with you, without us abiding, without us staying connected to your son, Jesus Christ through a relationship that grows in love of him and understanding his love of us. God, that you would just take us on this journey. And as we continue to grow in you, that we would celebrate the times that because we respond to your spirit, when he reminds us of your word and just live out your, th- this life, that we see parts of our lives becoming more and more like your son, Jesus. And we'll celebrate those times, the fruit that we see. And then God, we'll allow, we want to allow you to prune us continue to shape our lives even take things out of our lives that need to be taken out of in order to produce even more fruit as we just keep on trusting and remaining and staying connected to your son jesus in his name we pray amen